You know how you win the battle? Listen now. You and I have the opportunity to walk in victory, to claim the victory, to experience the victory that is already ours. Because I know I have something to offer. Go where you have never gone before. Keep moving through the pain. Keep moving forward. Do what you've never done before so you can be the woman you know yourself to be. I live my life playing to win. I'm after something. So much in you. We have the victory. Hey, Purpose Chasers. Welcome to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. And this week, we have a guest in the guest chair, Miss Jaslyn Denise. Jaslyn is a professional prayer coach, real estate expert, fundraising professional, author, and public speaker. She truly believes in living out her purpose and has chosen to do so in all areas of her life. Through her personal experiences of adolescent pregnancy and single motherhood, Jaslyn has not only defied stereotypes, she has redefined them. Along the way, she built relationships that cemented her call to journey alongside those navigating life's twists and turns. Every journey is different, and in those times when our goals and outcomes need a transformation, we could all use that hilariously witty and relatable friend that leaves us with hope, helps us redefine our vision, and reminds us of who we are and whose we are. Jaslyn's journey started with her own prayer for clarity, and has transitioned into an evolving calling that has impacted others on their journey spiritually, personally, and professionally. Jaslyn is her genuine self in all areas and her relatability and confidence carries through her work. Let's welcome Jaslyn to the podcast. Jaslyn, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for having me. We are so excited to have you here. Now, listen, Jaslyn, one of my favorite first questions is for you to tell us a fun fact about you that is not in your bio. Oh, I have two. So I'm going to pick one. I think one that is most shocking to people. So I'm a city girl. I'm in Los Angeles, California. And I learned how to drive a tractor before I learned how to drive a car. <laughs> yes. A yes. Yes. Wow. Well, so my, grand- go ahead. My, my grandparents had a few acres of land. And so we would go out there farming. And so I learned how to drive the tractor um, when I was very little. And then after that, I was able to do like the ride on lawnmowers by myself by the time I was like seven. So I learned how to drive that before I learned how to drive a car. That is, that is- is absolutely amazing. (laughs) Absolutely amazing. I'm just thinking back to, so where I'm from in Bermuda, the age that you can drive a car is 18. Okay. When you turn 18 at 16, you can drive what's called, we we call it a bike, but I think you guys would refer to it as a moped. Uh Uh-huh. So me just thinking about learning how to drive my bike and learning how to, sorry, I learned how to ride my bike and learning how to drive the car. It was a hard experience. So that is amazing (laughs) that at seven years old, you can be bumping around on the um, lawnmower machine knowing exactly what you're doing. I'm sure by the time you got to your driving test, you had it in the bag. I did. I was driving solo. I was driving a car solo at 13. 
Um, but we're not legally able to drive until 16 here. So yeah, that's my, that's one of my fun facts. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So we heard in your bio that you are a professional prayer coach, author, public speakers, and a few other amazing things. What led you to this career path? You know, it really um, was not something I chose. I would say that it chose me. (laughs) I've grown up in the church, born and raised in the church my entire life. My grandparents founded the church I belong to back in 1952. So we're celebrating our 70th year um, in their living room with six people. And so church has always been a staple and a foundation in my life. It was one of those things like I just kind of, it came naturally. And becoming a prayer coach was something, um, again, that didn't sign up for, didn't necessarily know it was happening until I was in the the thick of it. Uh, I had a friend who was going through some tough times in her business and her life and her career. And we just, I started giving her, she was telling me, you know, I'm praying and I'm praying about this. And I would hear her pray in my spirit just to be like, that's no, you're praying the wrong prayer. Um, And so it just happens more frequently is people that I have relationships with, of course, all the people I know, know my relationship with God. And they would tell me like, yeah, I'm praying for this and I'm praying for that. And I'm like, no, you're praying for the wrong thing. And that's why your prayers aren't being answered. And so it kind of just develops into this, this thing that it is now um, where I do prayer coaching. I uh, host accelerator courses. I have a retreat coming up. So it's just all these things that have evolved from my, what I say is my yes to God. Mm, I love that. What evolved from your yes to God. And, and I just love your journey and, you know, the fact that your grandparents started the church 70 years ago in their living room and it's just grown. And of course, there is something in spiritual legacy as well that we get to inherit just as children of God, but also from the obedience of parents and grandparents and great grandparents. So that is absolutely just phenomenal. But I want to stop you there because you talked about being a prayer coach. And when I saw that title, a prayer coach, it really intrigued me because I was like, what is a prayer coach? I know a life coach, I know a fitness coach, but what exactly is a prayer coach? So let us know what a prayer coach is. Girl, I thought the same thing, (laughs) but it was the only way that I can really explain it. Um, And it is exactly the way that you would go through life coaching or you would go through fitness coaching is someone that you tell what your goals are. And we develop strategy and plans on to how we are going to align your goals with the goals that God has for you. Because sometimes they don't align. And when that does not happen, you have people who become frustrated and stagnant in their prayer life or become angry in so many different ways because their prayers are quote unquote, and I use quote unquote, not being answered. And what I literally say is a gift. Um, It is not by my own knowledge or well, like it's just God has really imparted into me the gift of being able to hear people's prayers and say, oh, then this is where you need to incorporate this or to give them strategy, uh, to give them methods to use within their prayer life to help strengthen it. And what I say is prayer coaching is for certain people. It's for who it's for. It's not for everybody. And the people who know that they need me know that they need me. Um, And I reference this very often to air. Air is something that we breathe freely. But if you are asthmatic, you will pay for air. You will pay 
because you feel like you are drowning and you cannot breathe and you're going to die. Your prayer life is very much so the same way. So you can go to church and you can have an amazing prayer life and never have to talk to me. But there may be a time where even the most devout Christian gets into a place where they're like, I just feel stuck. And so that's when I come in and I'm like, okay, what are you praying? What are your goals? Where are you trying to go? What is God saying? Are you even able to hear God? Because sometimes that's a um, that I've worked with clients and people in my program through is, are you able to hear God? And then we walk through steps to be able to get them to that. Wow, that is absolutely amazing. I'm here like scribbling away, but you 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 said a really important point and it really stuck out to me because I am asthmatic. Um, so when you were giving the reference, you know, like an asthmatic would want to pay for air, and I, as I told you a little earlier, I'm just coming through COVID and. I am still working on every once in a while, just be sitting there and just be like, (gasps) I can't find my air. But just like we need air just to breathe spiritually, we need prayer just to live right. So it is a very important thing. And you mentioned, you know, the importance of having um, strategy and methods to strengthen your prayer life. I want to stop there for a moment because I know that people have different ways of viewing prayer. And there's different ways of doing prayer. But how important is it to have a strategy or a method to praying? It's extremely important because prayer is our weapon. We are in war daily with the enemy, the devil, Satan, whatever you choose to call him every day. If you are in the path of walking how God has called you to live, you will constantly be in warfare and you cannot win on your own. And that is why it's so important for us to pray because that is our way to communicate with the general, with the colonel, with God, with Jesus. That's that's how we communicate with him is through prayer, through sitting and listening. And it is the most valuable weapon that we have against the enemy is that we can say, I know I can't, but I know God can. And I know he will. And I know he is. And so it's through our prayer and our communication with him that we strengthen the strategy. And I I tell people that prayer is very individual. It's, you know, we collectively come to pray. We intercess. We have intercessory prayer where we pray on behalf of others. But having your own prayer life is so important. And also having a team and or community, gang, tribe, whatever you want to call it, of people that can pray with and for you. Because there will become times where you are under so much attack that you might not be able to pray for yourself. And so you need to be able to know that the people around you can go on your behalf. And that's where intercessory prayer comes in. So that strategy in war, you don't just haphazardly go out and be like, okay, we're just going, you know, round up the gang and we're just going to go out and start shooting. No, it's like, who's going first? What side are you on? What is your strength? Where are you coming from? Um, and and that is a, t- it's a tactic for you to have in your life. I, I absolutely agree. Having a strategy, having a tactic, um, you know, focus, having focus as well, because one thing that I find um, just as humans, when we go to pray and when we go to read the Bible, if we aren't intentional, we can be easily distracted. Mm-hmm. And it is it is so important that we focus because that moment of distraction is just a subtle way that the devil is coming in between you and your time with God. Mm-hmm. I know you can start out prayer. I know it happens to me. I start out praying. And the next thing I know, I'm thinking about what I have to do at work tomorrow. And then I say, no, 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 no. This is time with God. Let it go. 
This is not what we're thinking about right now. We are focusing on God. So for those people who are listening to the podcast and they're saying, you know, wow, that sounds really good. I've never really thought about having a strategy or having a method to the way I pray. What are some easy steps that you suggest for them to get started with creating a sort of strategy for prayer? Um, I'm very big on having a space to pray. And although we can pray anytime, any place, I think that you have space for everything else in your life. You know, when you go into the restroom, what you're going in there for, you know, when you go into the kitchen, what you're going in there for, you know, when you go into your bedroom, what you're going in there for. And so I think identifying a space that you spend time with God is one of the most important things, because that way, you know, when I'm in this space, this is my time with God. And so sometimes that does help you remove some of the distractions, of course, not all, but it does help you remove some of the distractions. The second thing I say is always have um, your go-to scriptures that get you through whatever you may be encountering at the moment. And so I call them your promise scriptures. And it's what has God promised you. And that promise can mean something different today than it does two weeks from now or two years from now, but you still know and have that scripture. And then also um, it's very, very important that you identify in your prayer time while why you are here and you allow God to speak to you. Um, and so it's God, I'm here to be in communication with you. God, I'm here to hear from you. I am we are not our own. Like it's a song that says we are not our own to him. I belong. And that's truly it. So we have to surrender and die to ourselves daily to be able to walk in alignment with God has for us. Mm -hmm. And so it's understanding that sometimes what you think or what you're praying for doesn't come to pass because that's not what God has for you. And I tell clients, God, uh, Miles Monroe said this, he says, God does not give us what we pray for. He gives us what we can manage. And so you're asking God for a million dollars and the $20 in your bank account, you are poorly managing. Why is he going to give you a million? So we need to change your strategy and say, God, allow me to manage what you have given me so that as you increase me, as you do more in my life, that I can be a good steward over the next level because I'm being a good steward over this level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm saying mm-hmm. I, I, I wholeheartedly agree. And that point that you made about the finances is something that we, we've talked about at least a few times on this podcast, learning how to manage everything now, mm-hmm. learning how to be a good steward now, learning how to manage your time, learning how to, you know, be a good wife, a good mother, learning all those things before you actually walk into that season. So when that season comes, it doesn't knock you down. It is so very important. And I loved when you said, you know, we don't always get what we pray for. We get what we can handle. And I think that's where we, where as just human beings, as women, we sort of get frustrated because you may have been in your prayer closet praying for the last five years for one thing. But if that is not God's will for your life, the answer being no is the right answer for you. Mm-hmm. because it's not God's will for your life or at the time. And or, so, yeah. or at the time. So there's two things that I, I want to state after hearing that. So I, I reference our life to a video game and it's, you don't get to the next, you don't get to level eight of the video game of Mario Kart. If you can't learn how to jump over the, the bridge or the mushroom in level two, because the, the, 
the challenges that you're going to experience in the next level, you have to build up to be able to prepare for that. So you can't jump over the wall if you can't knock down the brick. And so you can't, you have to learn what you have to learn in this season so that when you get to the next season, the trials, the tribulations, the triumphs are only going to get, become larger. They're only going to magnify. And if you have not prepared and been in this incubation space, you're not going to be able to fly. And so that's that's one thing that's important. The other point that is very important is going back to sometimes it's just not the time. So for me, um, I am 37 years old. I am not married. I've never been married. Um, I do. I have a son who is going to college. I'm super excited about that. He just announced where he's going today. Um, Hi, Jeremy. Mommy loves you. But uh, I've never been married. Back to the point. (laughs) So my thing is I have wanted to be married since I was very young. Like I never wanted to be a mom. Um, And if I did, it was fine. I never cared about my career. I love my family. But the one thing I have always earnestly desired is to be a wife. And at 37, with that not happening, of course, my prayer and my conversation with God from 25 to 30 to 32 to 33 to 35 to now 37 has been a lot different with God. Like, so it goes back to, and it's not that I can't manage it at this time, but God knows me. And so if he would have allowed me to be married at 23, 24, 25, when I was really fasting and praying for it, I would not be at this place and position where I am in my life. I wouldn't have gone back to grad school. I wouldn't have probably even started this ministry because I would have been so concerned and caught up with my husband and our marriage that I would have allowed this to not come forth because that would have been my focus and my priority where now I understand my purpose is my priority and anything that comes as, um, a, 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 as a result of that is God's will for me. So do I think I'll get married? Do I know I'll get married? Yes, but it's because God had to mold me. It's like when he, when they say he has to put you on the potter's wheel and literally mold you into this position, that's what's happened for me is I literally had to be molded to get to this place to literally, like I said, give God my constant yes to be swift in my obedience and to know, okay, when he tells me to move, to maneuver, I'm going to do that. And my husband is not my God. God is my God. Mm, that's powerful. Your, you said your purpose is your priority and anything that flows from that flows from that. But when we have um, that in the forefront of our mind, focusing on what God has really called us to do mm-hmm. in, in, in the season that he's called us to do it. You said, you know, God had to mold you and you had to work on consistently. Yes. But also being a swift. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that many people struggle with the swift. Yes. Yes. It's a lot of, um, and I, I'm sure we've all done this at some point, a lot of God, are you sure? Um, is it me you're talking about, or that doesn't make any sense. So it couldn't be you who told me to do that. How do we, what advice would you have for, for, for anyone listening who wants to transition into be a, being able to be swift in their yes with God, to be less, um, less, less inquisitorial mm-hmm. with God and, and, and just follow his instructions. And sometimes it, the inquisitiveness is not, is not bad. 
but you have to understand when being inquisitive becomes disobedient. And so one is being able to identify how God and when God speaks to you. That's one of the most important things because I know when I hear God, I'm like, oh, okay, Lord, you know your child and this is not what I would normally do, but I need you to guide me in what's next. And, and God will give you either the vision and not the plan or he will give you the plan and not allow you to know what the purpose is. So when I started on this journey of being a prayer coach and having a monthly membership and speaking and all the things that I've done, prayer parties, all this stuff, I don't, I still don't know what the last vision is. He's just giving me each step. Mm-hmm. Now, there are other things that have happened in my life where God has given me the full vision, but he has not given me the steps. So I call that the, the pit to the palace. And so it's like Joseph where he was thrown in the pit, but he ended up in the palace. But it was the pit, the prison and the that led him to that position. But God just showed him the vision. God didn't say when I put you in the palace, I'm going to have you go to the pit. I'm going to have your brothers betray you. I'm going to have you go to Potiphar's house and I'm going to have his wife lie on you so you end up in prison and then you're going to end up in the palace. Because I'm pretty sure he'd have been like, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want that. The vision's the vision's not worth all that I, the trials that I have to go through. So, but he understood what God was telling him. But you have to know that how he speaks to you and he's going to speak to you. God's word is always going to align up. His voice is always going to align with his word. God is never going to say anything that is contradictory to his word. Where you have to be very careful in that is that the enemy also knows the word. The devil is very crafty, just like he tempted Jesus. He said, well, if if, if you are hungry and you are who you say you are, turn this rock into bread. No. He said, okay, if you are who you say you are, then cast yourself off of this cliff and your father will like, no, it's what the word says, but it is in a deceptive way that it manipulates it to not be how God will speak to you because God is always going to speak to you from a place of love. God is never going to say you're stupid. You made it. You made a bad choice, but I love you. Not you made a bad choice and you're dumb and you're never going to recover from that. God does not condemn us. He doesn't condemn us. The devil condemns us. So that's what you have. That's another thing you have to understand. And God is God. He speaks to you from a place of authority. God is not going to say, you know what? I think you should start this business, but maybe not start that business, but maybe no. God is going to say, start the business. That's it. I am. I, I am the I am. He doesn't have to go back and negotiate his word because he said what he said. So those are the ways that I say, like, if you have to have swift obedience is to identify God's voice and do what he, like, even if it's like, okay, God, what's the next step? Let me make the the, the next best move. Um, that's how you do it. It's just identifying his voice, knowing when it's him and moving with it. And not and, and understanding you may not know. You may not have the slightest and it's scary. When God calls you to do something, a lot of times it is terrifying. <laughs> but do it. Do it afraid. There's a book by Joyce Meyer that my group is reading right now called Do It Afraid. Mm-hmm. Yep. We have to do it because as you said, God knows where we're going. Even though when we can't even though we can't see the end end position, God knows where we're going. So just doing it and following along makes the difference. I mean, I, I was listening to a, a sermon and it was being preached on Naomi and how um not sorry, not Naomi. Well, yes, Naomi and Ruth. And, Ruth. and how 
you know, she didn't know in her pain and in what she was doing and in her hard work that it would eventually lead her to meeting her Boaz. But she Mm -hmm. was just obedient with what she needed to do, knowing that these are the steps that she needs to take to make sure her and her mother-in-law survive. Mm -hmm. Just being obedient to, 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 to what she wouldn't even know at the time would be her God because she left and that wasn't the God that she knew. Yeah. Um, But it's amazing how immediate and swift obedience can change the trajectory of our lives. Because with her, you have the generational blessing of having King David come from her line and Jesus come from her her line, all because she was obedient. So I think Mm -hmm. that is very important. And another thing that you touched on and you mentioned earlier is we have to make sure that we're hearing God. So I want to pause right there for the people who say, or who may be asking themselves, how do I know that I'm hearing God? Or how do I even hear God to begin with? What advice would you have for that person who may be vacillating on, you know, is this God? Is this not God? I'm I'm not too sure. How would you assist? So I'm going to answer that. But one thing I want to go back is when you talk about Ruth um, and Boaz, is people always say, I'm praying for my Boaz, but they don't realize that Ruth had experienced, she was a widow. She experienced death before she got to her Boaz. So what has to die before you can get to Boaz? Because she never would have got to Boaz had she still been married to Naomi's son. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when when we look at that, we have to say what has to die. And it doesn't have to be a physical person. It may be a character trait. It may be Mm -hmm. a habit. It may be something like that. So that. Now, your question is, how do people know when they're hearing from God is you ask to hear from him? And again, it goes back to how do you, what does God's voice sound like to you? I don't know. It sounds like whatever that sounds like, whatever you feel it sounds like. Sometimes it can sound like your own voice. Sometimes it can sound like somebody else, but you will hear him. And it's going to be in alignment with his word. It's going to be grounded in love. And it's going to be from a place of authority. And we have three different voices in our head. So you have your own voice is like, oh, what am I going to put on today? Okay, I'm going to put this on. Okay, I'm going to do this. And then we have the voice of God is going to say, you need to put this on. That's it. And then you have the voice of the enemy. Oh, you put that on. You're going to look real. You look fat. Oh my God. Do you see what your stomach looks like when you put that on? Can you like that's So you have to be able to discern. So discernment is very important. Um, but I can't tell somebody God sounds like this because I don't know what he sounds like for each individual. I can only say when somebody's like, you know, I heard God say, and I'm like, okay, well, what, what, what did it say? What, what, where are you going with this? What is next? And God is always going to have you do something that is to benefit and help others. And so is what God said do to benefit other people? Is it going to help somebody else or is it for your own selfish gain? That's probably not God. Yeah. So that's, that's the easiest way that I can say, but it really, this is where like the prayer coaching comes in clutch. Like, because I sit down with somebody and I'm like, okay, have you heard God? And they're like, yes, I have. And what, okay, well, what, what did you hear? Or someone saying, no, I have not heard God, um, but I want to. And so we come up with a strategy and a plan for them in their prayer life to be able to go to God and say, God, I want to hear you clearly. I want to be able to know your voice because his word says, and his word does not lie. My sheep know my voice and a stranger, they will not follow. Mm -hmm. So if you are God's sheep, you will know his voice. 
and you will not follow another voice. And again, what that voice sounds like is whatever it sounds like for you, but you will know that's God. Yes, I I, I love the way you put that. God's voice is whatever it's going to be for you, um, which I think is important because God speaks to people in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think it's amazing how God can cater to every person's individual needs and how they need to see and hear him. Mm-hmm. But that's just the phenomenal God we serve. Yeah. So, and it can come, it can come in visions, it can come in dreams, it can come in signs, it can come through other people. Um, and this is where you have to be careful because sometimes people will say, God told me to tell you, hold up. I talked to him this morning and he didn't tell me that. If God, if somebody comes to me and says, you know, it's on my spirit and God just told me to tell you this, it's if it's not a confirmation of something God has already told me, I'm like, okay, yeah, thank you. Not so much. <laughs> but I appreciate you, but it will confirm what he has already told you. So somebody said, so when I'm praying to God and it, and it may be like, okay, let me, you know, I'm in this inquisitive phase with God. I, I'm, I'm having swift obedience and I'm moving. Somebody will come and confirm, but I'm already doing what it is that I heard. And so I, another thing, um, I have a thing where I, I was praying to God on a drive, um, like a three hour drive. And I'm like, God, I just need you. I need you to show me. I need you to show me. I need you to show me. And he showed, I said, just give me a sign. And at that time, it was a correlation between a sunflower and what I was praying about. And I drove past a field of sunflowers and I was like, okay. And I kept driving. And on this drive, I seen the biggest sunflowers I've ever seen in my life. Like they were the size of like basketballs. And I was like, okay, God, I hear you. I hear you. And so I'm like, God, I need you to continue to remind me of your promise. And that was about two years ago. And every day for the last two years, I've seen sunflowers every single day Mm. in some form or fashion. It might not be a physical sunflower. It might be somebody has a sunflower on their mask or it's on their shirt or it comes up in a commercial. But I know every day, and that's God saying to me, I am not a man that I should lie and I am going to keep my promise. And so for me, when I see a sunflower, that's me saying, okay, God, it's like the rainbow in the sky. God's promise. I'm never going to flood the earth again. So whenever we see the rainbow, it's us reminding of his promise that he's never going to flood the earth again. For me in this particular situation and season, it's whenever you see a sunflower, that's God's promise. That is beautiful. And I think confirmation it is is one of the ways. And, and, and like you said, if we are, you know, consistently talking to God and going to God on our own behalf. I mean, yes, we have pastors and we have prayers, uh, pastors and prophets and and the like, but going to God on our own behalf, when somebody comes to tell you something, it should be something that you already know. And I think another thing that is important is to know when something isn't from God, because Mm -hmm. we can't get too caught up on hearing somebody say, say, um, words to the effect of the Lord told me to tell you, and it be wrong, and we follow mm-hmm. the wrong thing. Mm-hmm. I know that I've had an experience in my past where I was in a line, and I was at a conference, and they broke everybody up into prayer lines. And the person who came to pray for me, you said, you know, God told me to tell you that you've been feeling a lot of heartbreak because there's some disconnect between you and your mother. Blah blah. blah. She kept going on, 
And I felt so strong within myself that I had to stop the conversation. And I said, you know, thank you for your prayer, but I just need you to know that what you have said is not quite correct. I actually came here with my mother. My mother and I is, is my mother is my best friend. We talk, we hang out, we're together like 24 seven. So I hear you, but this is what, and it was important for me in that moment, because I think that was the first time I knew how to speak up for, for myself and for something that I knew wasn't accurate where before mm-hmm. I just listen to it and just say, okay, Lord, I'm just nodding my head. But sometimes I think yeah. it's, it's very important for us to know, because as we know, we don't let any and everybody speak things over us because there yes. is life and death in the power of the tongue. So keep that in mind that you should be able to know the things that God is saying to you for yourself and everything else can be confirmation. Yeah. And and that is when Jesus asked the disciples, who do they say I am or who do you say I am? And Peter says, you're the son of God. And he says, that did not come from you. That came from that came from the Lord. And moments later, he says, I have to leave you and I'll be departing. And he talks about the crucifixion and, and all of this. But I'll come back. He talks about all this. And Peter, the same one who just got a word from God, says, no, that's not going to happen. And, I, you know, I don't know the exact Mm-hmm. words that are said but he comes back and Jesus tells Peter get thee behind me Satan so the same mouth that gave a word from God was the same mouth that gave a word from the enemy in a matter of moments and so you that's why it's so important to be able to know and discern God's voice for yourself and his word and to know the confirming word and to know where the enemy comes in because again he might use that same person unknowingly and unwillingly. And what Peter was saying wasn't because he didn't like Jesus or he didn't want, but he didn't understand his purpose and the magnitude of what he was saying. Because of course, Satan doesn't want Jesus to die. The devil don't want Jesus to die because he understands what comes on the other side of that, where Peter's just like, oh no, I, you know, this is my brother. This is my friend. This is my comrade. This is my teacher. I don't want to lose him, but not understanding losing him is really gaining him. Mm-hmm. And so we have to be certain of that is that sometimes like the lady who or whomever it was that gave you that word probably wasn't saying it from a place of malice and wasn't saying it from a place of um, that, you know, it was ill intent behind it. But just that quick, the enemy will come in and try to say, and you're thinking in your mind, if you weren't able to stand up for yourself, well, you know what, my mom really, you know, she said something to me and, and it starts to put these thoughts and ideas of your in your head that tear away what God has already told you and placed in you and, and where your strongholds really are um, lying that sometimes. So, yeah, I, I mean, that is so important. And I'm glad that we covered that part of, you know, knowing God's voice for ourselves in this con- in this conversation. And this conversation has been so incredibly great as we go through the different levels of how important prayer is and how important prayer is in guiding us to living out God's purpose for our lives. So before we go, Jasmine, I want to know what your top three tips are for us to develop our prayer life. Top three tips. So I'm, I'm going to say them again. 
the space and it doesn't have to be a closet. I understand not everybody has an opportunity to go into a closet. If your time to spend with God is in your shower, if it is in your car on your way to work or from work, or if it's just in your car to get away from your family (laughs) in the driveway, (laughs) then that's it. So it's having the space to have with God is one. The second one is really being able to draw from the word and having those promised scriptures that you need. And then also just having that swift obedience when you hear God's voice. So staying in alignment with that, um, usually you are good (laughs) and and things come up, but those are like the top three things that I say for developing um, a healthy prayer life. Thank you so much, Jasmine. Those tips are wonderful. And I know it will help us and all the purpose chasers who are listening to follow God, to listen with a keen ear to what he's saying and to develop their prayer life. So please tell us how we can connect with you and work with you. Give us all your details. And of course, Purpose Chasers, I will put all the links to Jasmine's details in the show notes. Yes. So I am most active on Instagram um, at Jaslyn Denise, J-A-Z-L-Y-N-D-E-N-I-S-E. It's no spaces, no periods, no commas, no nothing. Just Jaslyn Denise on Instagram. You can also go, my website is jaslyndenise.com. And all of the things that I am associated with are on there. So um, if you want to, I have a book on prayer. It's called uh, The Prayer Playbook. It's a 21-day workbook to help you begin, transform, or improve your prayer life. So no matter what stage you're in, that's there. Um, It also will give you a link to my ministry page, which is Holy Ground Ministries. That can be found through Jaslyn Denise. um, And it tells you about the monthly membership group I have, Holy Ground Gang, we also do a six-week accelerator every quarter, which will be coming up this coming May. Um, and that's called the Whole Woman of Prayer, Purpose, and Peace, where we literally walk through the stages of some of the things we talked about today, more in-depth, individualized, and a few other topics that we go through. Um, I do have prayer parties and conferences and workshops that come up. We have a retreat this July. Like I said, it's so much that has come from my yes. And so, um, but all of that, if you go to jaslyndenise.com will lead you to anything related to what I do. So thank you so much, Jaslyn. I will say it one more time. I will put all of Jaslyn's links in the show notes so that you can connect with her. Please send her a DM. Please connect with her and let her know you heard her on the Pray, Play, and Slay podcast. Jasmine, thank you again for being on the show. Thank you so much. And I look forward to hearing. All right, guys. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Pray, Plan, Slay podcast. We hope that you have enjoyed this episode. Be sure to like and subscribe. And also be sure to leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know what you liked from this episode, what you like from the show. And you can also follow us on Instagram at Pray, Plan, Slay Podcast, or you can follow me, your host, Shantae Sapphire, at Shantae Sapphire on Instagram. And the podcast is also on Facebook at PrayPlanSlay.com. We're on Twitter at Shantae Sapphire. All that information will be below in the show notes. Thanks again for joining us.